welcome to sharing real hope. My name is Mike Hall. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are living the life. Well, what do I mean by that? Does that mean everything is hunky-dory, everything is coming up roses because we are followers of Christ? Absolutely not. When I talk about living the life, I'm talking about the fact that Jesus Christ is our life. Colossians chapter 3, the passage we're studying, verse 4, says, When Christ, who is our life, He is our life. Jesus Christ is our life. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And so, there it is. Christ lives in us. That's living the life. No matter what's going on on the outside around us, no matter what the circumstances are, Christ is our life. And we are living the life as Christ lives in us. But, to experience this life, to experience it, there's some things that we must recognize and do, and that's what we're studying here in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. And first of all, to experience this life, we have to have the right perspective. And Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4 talk about that, and, and I would direct you back to the very first podcast in this series, and you will see that, uh, that at to live this life, we have to have the right perspective. And that, by the way, is an eternal perspective. It is putting our mind on things above. But also, to experience this life, we have to kill them now. Now, that's kind of shocking, isn't it? But, isn't it? but uh, uh, Colossians 3, verses 5 through 12 tells us that we have to put to death some of these old things of the flesh. We cannot allow uh, the flesh and the old fleshly patterns to rule our life. We, if we're going to experience fully the life of Christ, we've got to put to death certain things. And I would refer you back to the previous podcast to hear that. Then, to experience this life, we must dress for godly success. And that's what today's podcast is about. And we'll come back to that in a second. But then fourthly, to experience this life, we have to saturate ourselves with the Word of God and be single-minded. And that's verses 16 and 17. And we'll get that one on the next podcast. But in the meantime, we, talk, we are talking today about experiencing this life as we dress for godly success. In the business world... We are told that it's important that we dress for success. There are certain uh, clothing, uh, parts of clothing that we should wear. Uh, we're told that, uh, you know, a nice business suit, a dark business suit possibly, and a, and a red tie is kind of the, is, is, is the power tie and, and so on. And there are other things. And, and now we're kind of in that casual uh, mode. What is business casual? All of that stuff. Well, that that's dressing for success in the business world, but to dress for godly success is not about outer clothing. It's not about the shirt, the suit, the pants, the shoes that you wear. It's, it has nothing to do with outer clothing, but it is about what is on the inside. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, we're told to put on certain things. Now, that term put on there, 
was uh, a term that referred to putting on clothes. Just like putting on clothes, we're to put on certain things, but it's obvious again that it's things that, that are on the inside, not clothes that we put on our body as such. Now, we have already taken off some dirty clothes. That's what, again, the previous podcast is all about. Kill them now. Get rid of those fleshly things. Get rid of those nasty old things of the past. Get Take off those dirty clothes. Now we have room to put on the the uh, uh, clean clothes, put on these godly things. And, and this business of putting on is an ongoing process at some level. We have to constantly be uh, putting these things on. Um, and, and as we talk about getting dressed for godly success on the inside... We have to understand we get dressed that way because of who we are, because of who we've become in Christ. Look at what verse 12 says. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved. Let's just camp on that for a moment, folks. If you are a converted follower of Jesus Christ, let me tell you that you have been chosen of God. You know, back in the day when I was in, uh, in, in, in middle school, we would go to gym class and we were going to have some kind of a game and we would have a couple of teams and there would be team captains that are, that are picked and then they would choose from among us people to be on their team. And to be honest with you, I was a skinny, little scraggly kind of a guy and I tended to get chosen toward the end, you know? And it's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of scary and, and you, you feel badly. Am I, who's going to pick me? And why am I be, being picked last? But I want to tell you when God chooses you, oh, He chooses you out of His great mercy and His love. And if you are a follower of Christ, you've been chosen by God. A lot of, lot of debate out there about election and, and God's um, uh, determination and choosing. And, and just let the people debate. I'm going to look at the scripture and it tells me that I'm chosen of God. I like it. I appreciate it. I'm thankful for it. And if you are a follower of Christ, whether you believe it or not, you have been elected. You've been chosen, chosen of God. And it says that we are holy. Holy is we have been set apart, set apart from that previous sinful lifestyle and the sin that beset us and and the judgment of God set apart from that to righteousness. And when God sees us, He sees us as holy because we are clothed in the holiness of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then He calls us beloved. Beloved, we are loved of God. And that love is an eternal love, an everlasting love. So that's who you are. You're picked, chosen by God. You are holy, righteous in God's sight. You are loved by God. And those of us who are that, God says, as those who have been chosen, holy and beloved, put on, get dressed for godly success, put on these clothes, these, these things in, inside of you. First of all, put on a heart of compassion. That, that, that heart of compassion means to have pity, to have a feeling of distress through the ills of others. That's what Vine's Expository Dictionary t- says about these words here. A heart of compassion, a heart of pity, a heart where you can feel distress for others. A heart of compassion. If we're going to live the life of Christ, we've got to have the compassion of Jesus Christ. When you study 
his life and his ministry while he was here on this earth, you see that he had compassion on people, even people that were rejecting him. And then it says, put on kindness. Kindness is goodness. It's graciousness. Oh, do we ever need more of that in this old world, don't we? We need more kindness. I tell you, when you drive down the road, you get out in the world, just look at people. Look at them. They're angry. They're, 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 they're unhappy. And kindness is in short supply in many places. But God's people can be different. We, if we're going to live out and experience the life of Christ, Jesus is kind and good and gracious. And that's what we need to dress ourselves in. Kindness. And then it says, put on humility. That is lowliness of mind. That does not putting yourself down, but rather it is looking at yourself the way God looks at you. God looks at you as somebody he loved and created and died for. God looks at you initially as someone who has sinned. I've got to understand that in and of myself and left to my own devices, I am a sinner. But I also understand that God loves me. And so I see myself as a product of God's grace, and it's only by God's grace, humility. We need humility, the opposite of pride and self-sufficiency. And I've got this, and I can do it kind of thing. Rather, I can't do it apart from Almighty God working in me and through me. Humility. And then put on gentleness. Gentleness is a quality of meekness. Meekness is power under control. It's not being a doormat, but it's being willing. Here's what one said. It is an inward thing toward God first. It is the fact that we accept His dealings with us as good, no matter what they are. Even when we're going through heartache and trouble, we say, God is good, and and I will submit to Him. Gentleness, having that kind of a gentle spirit, meekness. And then patience is long-suffering. It's the quality of self-restraint in the face of provocation. You know, you, you know whether or not you're patient when you're put under pressure and somebody said I don't want to pay for pray for patience because bad things will happen well let me tell you something God allows things to come into our lives whether we like it or not and he allows us to come into those situations because he wants to build into us that quality of long suffering that quality of self-restraint in the face of provocation I'll tell you, I'm just going to admit something here, okay? One of my pet peeves is when I'm driving down the road and somebody is following me too closely. I'll tell you, the old flesh rises up inside. I want to stop my car, throw on the brakes, and scare them half to death and get out and run back and yell at them and say, Why are you tailgating me? Why are you driving so close? And, and, and God has to pull me up and say, Hey, wait a minute, buddy. Just hold on a minute. You get impatient sometimes. You need to, in the face of provocation, somebody pushing you from behind, you just need to chill out a little bit and allow me to control you. I don't know what your issue is. That's mine. And and, and God has to help me through that. Patience, long-suffering. In order to be dressed for godly success and, and fully experience the life of Christ in us, we've got to put on these things. Well, verse 13 goes on to say, say this, Bearing with one another and forgiving each other, 
So uh, beyond that, if we're dressing for godly success, we got to have that bear with piece of clothing. You know, bear with others. They need to bear with you. And, and others sometimes rub us the wrong way, but we have to bear with one another. And when they, uh, when they hurt us uh, or do us wrong, forgive one another. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. The basis for our forgiving others is the fact that we have been forgiven by God. And I want to tell you, forgiven people forgive. If we're going to dress for godly success to experience fully the life of Christ, we've got to learn to bear with one another and when we are hurt, to forgive one another and not hold grudges and not keep it going. And furthermore, in verse 14, it says, beyond or over top of all these things, kind of pulling everything together, put on love, agape love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The thing that will keep us together is the sacrificial, giving, active, serving love, agape love, the kind of love that Jesus showed when he died on the cross. And it goes on to say, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. As we close this out, we say, God, Lord Jesus, that peace that you have given us, let it rule in our hearts. Let our hearts be dressed with the peace of Christ and let our hearts be dressed with a grateful, thankful attitude. Help us, O God. Help us, O God, to be dressed with these things on the inside. That's where true success is. Godly success is as we are dressed with these things. And it can only happen as we yield to the life of Christ in us and His power in us and His enablement in us and His provision for us will help us to put on these clothes every day, to put them on in our hearts and be dressed for godly success. And what is godly success? Experiencing the life of Christ that we have. Well, I hope that that'll make you think today. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.